Hey everyone, welcome to the Made It Music Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Craig Ballantine all about time management. Craig has built five seven-figure businesses in five different industries, written three books, including one Wall Street Journal bestseller, and mentored thousands of entrepreneurs all over the world. He is the author of The Perfect Day Formula and has created successful fitness training programs as well. You may be asking, why in the world is he on the Made It Music Podcast? Well, Craig Craig Ballantine is actually my personal coach, and we dive into all things time management for musicians, for artists, for songwriters. So this is going to be a must listen. This was recorded along with our live online audience from our Song Chasers community, and you can learn more about Song Chasers at joinsongchasers.com. For now, let's dive into the episode. All right, all right, all right. What is up, everybody? Excited to have you all here today. It is Wednesday. We've got my friend and coach, Craig Ballantine, on with us live. It's going to be an amazing session here, and we're going to be diving into all things that can help your world in time management. Uh, Craig is one of the most disciplined people that I know. And if you are watching this live with us, congrats for logging on. If you're watching us on the replay, which I know there's a lot of people who probably will be seeing this. Um, yeah, take notes. Make sure you take notes today. I've learned so much from working with. Uh, that, that intro definitely raises a question, Seth. Who do you know that is more disciplined than me? Well, that's that's kind of the point. You're you're the most disciplined man you, in the you world. You said I was one of the most. So who who else is? Which one of your songwriters that you write songs with is super disciplined? Do you have anybody? Oh, that, man. Uh, songwriters are not disciplined. That's, that's just why we need you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I take it back. There's a lot of artists that I, that I work with um, who, yeah, who are super disciplined. And I, and oh, I cool. try, I try to be, but uh, you're, you're definitely the top, if not. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're up there. You're up, at, okay. up there at the top. So is Thank what I'm trying you. to say. <laughs> I'm digging myself a hole here. No, it's um, all right. I was teasing. Hey, it's awesome, though. We got, uh, yeah, Kristen's on, Debbie, Cedric, Amy, Kathy, Fulvia, Vicky, Marissa, Angelina, David, uh, Denise. Awesome. Super excited. Were any of you guys on the networking session last night with Riley? Good times. Awesome. Kristen was on. Great. Very, very cool. Um, C. Ray Morgan. Awesome. Cool. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, as this is all about time management, I want to be respectful of your time and Craig's as well. So, um, yeah, like I said, I've been working with Craig for about two years as a coach, and he's just helped me in so many areas. He has something he's created that he calls the perfect day formula, the perfect morning formula that I am doing my best to stick to, and it has been a game changer for me. And if you take notes and take what he teaches you today in this training and put it into practice i promise you your life will be 10 times better than it is now so um yeah without further ado everybody give a little little virtual hand clap out there for for my coach craig valentine well, you can't hear everybody but thanks for joining us today craig hey this is gonna be really really great stuff and i uh, belatedly sent something over to Riley that she's going to share with everybody. We're going to go through a couple of worksheets here. They're really simple. So even if you just had scrap piece of paper, um, it'll do the job. That's for sure. Because what I want to talk about, Seth, is I want to talk about how to make time. Now, I normally do this for big companies. I do this for entrepreneurs. I do this for real estate agents. I do this for sales teams. 
So, you know, I say how to make time to make millions, but it can also be how to make time to make more music, right? How to make time to make more music. And if you take nothing else from this little hour that we're going to spend together, just this one reframe will really help you. Everybody that we know, everybody that's struggling with something, they walk around and they say, I'm trying to find time to blank. And, and you know, you might be saying to some people, I'm trying to find time to write my music. I'm trying to find time to go to the gym. I'm trying to find time to, you know, spend more time with my kids. Listen, if you're trying to find time, you will never find it. Okay. It's not like it's hidden under the bed with uh, the ab rocker that you bought on an infomercial 20 years ago. No, if you want to do something, if you want to accomplish something, you make time for it. So that simple reframe, instead of trying to find time for anything in your life, you say, I'm going to make time for it. And then you will actually be proactive enough to succeed. <clears throat> I guarantee you that making time, that shift will be a game changer for you. And I'm going to show you how to do it in this presentation. If you have any questions as we go along, I'm happy to, to read the chat and answer your questions. Want to make this interactive. Want you to say, but wait a minute, Craig, you know, I've got 3.1 kids and 2.7 dogs, but the example you gave, they only had 2.5 kids and 1.3 dogs. So does that really apply to me? If you're ever feeling that at any time, please raise your hand and ask me, you know, because people will say, you know, Craig, do I have to get up early? Do I have to get up super early before the sun comes up? And the answer is no. So if you're worried that I'm going to sit here and tell you that you have to get up at six o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm going to give you time-tested principles that you can apply to your life, no matter what time you go to bed, no matter what time you get up. And yes, my examples will probably be much earlier than you do, but it's not about the hour that you get up. It's about what you do with the hours that you are up. And we're going to make time for more important stuff in the hours. So I just want you to understand that is the main philosophy of what we're going to go through today. Now, the first worksheet, and you can see this is super fancy. You could only possibly get this worksheet if I gave it to you. Uh, you couldn't make this with a simple lined piece of paper. Now I'm being a little okay. bit sarcastic. But the first worksheet is the time journal. The time journal is an incredibly important piece of the time management, or like I like to call it time ownership. I don't want to manage and rent out my time. I want to own my time. It's much, much higher level, much more powerful. So the first piece of the time ownership puzzle is figuring out what do we actually do with our days? Where does it get wasted? Where are we most productive? And what's it really worth? Those are the three things that I'm going to teach you here. Where are we wasting our time? Where are the negative aspects of our time? Where is it being lost? Where are we most productive? And how can we leverage that time? Because I'll show you how to get more work done in a small amount of chunk than you would do over the rest of the day once you identify what I call your magic time. And then the third thing you're going to learn from this after the negatives and the positives is you're going to learn your hourly worth. And when your hourly worth is known, it helps you make better decisions about what to do with your time. So a little bit of a backstory on me is that I was a personal trainer for a long time. You know, I went to school for exercise science. I really wanted to be in professional sports. And along the way, I became a personal trainer. And I started writing for a very popular magazine called Men's Health Magazine. You've probably seen it at the doctor's office or at the gym or at the newsstand. You know, when magazines were a thing, you know, 20 years ago, it was probably the most popular fitness magazine of all time. And I was fortunate enough to write for them and become a personal trainer. 
And when people would come to me as personal trainer, they would say, Craig, I want to lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 40 pounds, whatever it was. Almost everybody wanted to lose weight and get back in shape. <clears throat> and they would come to me and they, I would put them through some darn hard workouts. I know Seth and I have talked about his workouts and his personal trainer and I know that his personal trainer puts him through some hard workouts. But some of my clients were not seeing results and they would come to me and I would put them through the workouts and I knew that they were working hard. And I would say, well, okay, there's exercise, but there's also nutrition. And I would say to them, hey, listen, what are you eating outside of here? And they would say, oh, I'm great with my diet, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, well, according to Men's Health Magazine, research shows that if you give somebody a food journal and they write down what they're eating, you actually get a much more accurate description of what they're eating than them just relying on their memory. So I gave people a food journal and sure enough, it showed them a couple of things. They were doing some mindless eating. They were eating a couple of cookies at three o'clock or four o'clock in the afternoon, either at work or, you know, as soon as they got home, because that's what they did when they were a kid. And it was a ritual or a habit ingrained in their nervous system to go and eat a couple of cookies before dinner. And that was totally sabotaging all the hard work they did in the gym. So as I, as I grew out of that personal trainer role and I grew my business and I started coaching other business owners, I realized I can take this idea of the food journal and identifying where people mess up on their diet. And I can take the same sort of thing to people's productivity by having someone go through and write down what they're doing over the course of the day, along with a little bit of information I'll share with you in a moment. We get a true time picture, a true time picture of where you're wasting time, of where you're using time properly. And that's the foundation and origin of the time journal. <clears throat> so what I want you to do for two full days during the week, if you want to write music on the weekend, you should maybe do this for a weekend day too, but you write down what you're doing and why you're doing it every 30 minutes or so during the day. So you could have a little alarm that goes off on your phone, or you could just, you know, keep this worksheet beside you at your, your work desk or whatever it is, and just write down what you're doing and why you're doing it. Because what we'll find is that we're, we do a lot of things because we're bored, because we don't want to do the other thing. We're procrastinating. We're doing it because we're stressed out. You know, and it's the same with food. A lot of people eat because they're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Write that acronym down. HALT. HALT. Um, one of my friends went to a therapist, and this therapist said to my friend, he said, anytime you're acting out, anytime you're involved in misbehavior, it's because you're either hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And we can see that, you know, if you've ever snapped at a friend or snapped at one of your kids, you might've been because you were hangry, right? You know, all heard that joke, you know, you're hungry and you're angry at the same time. Could have been because you were angry. Could have been because you were lonely. Could have been because you were tired, right? If you're fatigued and irritable, you do something wrong. And it's the same with our time. When you're goofing around on social media, or when you are watching the third episode of Netflix when you should only be watching one, or when you're gossiping with friends and wasting your time, you're probably doing it because you're hungry, you're angry, you're lonely, or you're tired. And I found out years ago when I did the time journal for myself, I would have a couple of good work hours in the morning. And then about 11 o'clock in the morning, I would start going through what's called an OCD loop. An OCD loop is where you check one side or then another site, then another site, then another site, and you go back up and you start checking them all again. And you might do this today with Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is. You just go through and you loop through. And you're probably doing that because you're bored or you're stressed out or you're tired. 
So by doing this time journal, you're going to identify pockets throughout the day where you might waste 45 minutes to an hour going down a rabbit hole of Googling things or checking out your favorite apps or watching videos on YouTube. You know, you go and watch one YouTube video and the next thing you know, just the way that YouTube is set up, it is so powerful. It gets you addicted and you start going into this time vortex where all of a sudden you go like that and all of a sudden an hour and a half is gone. And here you were, you had sat down just to get a little bit of inspiration from one YouTube video, then you were going to sit and write your songs. And all of a sudden that 90 minutes for songwriting is gone because YouTube is addictive. Now I'll just give you a little side note, you know, this thing right here in my phone, it's addictive to me, like it's addictive to you. <clears throat> and every single day when you wake up and you turn your phone on, if you have notifications and alerts and, and you have dozens and dozens of apps on your phone, you're setting yourself up for failure because we actually have some of the smartest people in the world are working to make your phone more addictive to you with all the apps and the notifications and you know Instagram updates and the way that TikTok plays viral video after viral video. If you try and use willpower and discipline only to control your time on your phone, you're going to lose. You're always going to lose. So you have to set up boundaries and parameters. You have to build a fence around yourself that removes the distractions that suck away your time. And you'll find that when you go through the time journal. When you go through it and you identify, man, every single day at 10 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I pick up my phone and I waste about an hour on it. Or I'm always answering my email because my email's open and I have alerts on and all that sort of stuff. Now you can see how you can start protecting yourself. You can turn your phone off. You can put it in another room. You can you know, turn your Wi-Fi off. You can log out of your email. You can do all of these things that protect you from time wasters. And that's what we want to identify. Now, the same thing goes at night. There's lots of activities that we want to do. And then you can get in Netflix. If you drink alcohol, alcohol can suck your time away. So you need to identify through the time journal, how is your time being wasted? And once you identify the things that steal your time, right? Because we're trying to make time and there's things in the world that are trying to steal and drain your time. You need to identify them and you need to build solutions for overcoming them. Now, again, with the phone, as you turn the phone off, you remove all the alerts, you delete a lot of apps, all that sort of thing. With your email, you unsubscribe from as many emails as, as you can. You know, a lot of people have all these email newsletters and they read them and they get sucked into their email. But here's the thing. Every single minute you spend in your email steals a minute of time for your writing, for your health, for your family, for your kids, for your sleep. And so you want to make sure that you remove those things. So that's what, again, we call that building that fence that protects you from the toxic temptations and destroying the distractions that are holding you back. So that's what we want to do. That's the first thing we find from the time journal. And another thing that I found when I was a personal trainer years ago was that in most cases, it's not about trying to do more good things. More good things don't always lead to the greatest success. When it comes to nutrition, Listen, great. You can have a green smoothie and you can have a vegetable at every meal and you can drink lots of water and all that stuff. And those are good and those are helpful. But if you do that five days a week and then basically sit in the Cheesecake Factory from Friday night till, till Monday morning and you eat these massive meals and you snack all weekend and you drink lots of sugary drinks, the most benefit, the most results you can get 
are by removing the negatives, not by adding another green smoothie. Another green smoothie will not give you the results. Instead, removing the 2000 calorie cheesecake that you have for dessert will actually give you more results than anything you could possibly add. So it's removing the distractions, removing toxic temptations that will open up more time on your calendar rather than you saying, oh, well, if I could just do cold showers or if I could just get up at five o'clock in the morning or if I could just this. No, let's look at what's robbing you of your time now and remove that. So that's the first thing. The second thing that we want to do is find your magic time. Magic time is a time of day that you're three times more creative, productive and energetic than any other time of the day. This is when you're in the flow. This is when, if you had been writing songs for a while, that you think back and go, I remember that one session that I did on a Saturday afternoon when no one was bothering me and I was all alone in the forest and I just had my guitar and I was just sitting there and I wrote my best song ever. That was your magic time. And you had no distractions. And we want to have that every single day. Now, my magic time early in the morning is probably not your magic time. Your magic time might be later in the evening when you know, you've had a, a day of work and you've done your household duties and now you've got some free time and nobody's bothering you. It might be at lunchtime when you're able to get a lunch break and just sit there with your guitar or maybe you just go to your car at work or whatever, whatever the time is of day when you just feel like, oh, I can totally get into the flow. Now, once you've found that time, you want to protect it. You want to avoid scheduling emails. You want to avoid um, you know, taking phone calls. You want to avoid answering your email. You want to avoid watching YouTube videos. You don't want to do anything in your magic time except do the hardest activity, the most important activity. So if you have your magic time, it's kind of like a lock and key, right? If your magic time is this, you know, let's call it a square hole, right? And you got a, a square peg of the most difficult activity, you wanna put that in there and that's the right fit. A lot of people, they've identified this time and, and again, they're doing minor things in their major time. Your magic time is your major productive time. And if you're doing minor things in it, like again, watching and consuming content or answering email or even exercising, you need to move that to another time of day. You need to put your songwriting in your magic time as much as you possibly can. Now, I know what you're thinking, but Craig, my magic time is definitely, uh, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, but I'm at work uh, at two o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. But you're not at work at two o'clock on Saturday and Sunday, you know, if you work Monday to Friday. So you can at least do it those two days, or maybe you can somehow take a later lunch break and get even an hour of magic time. You want to do everything you possibly can to open up more magic time when it's when your brain and body are naturally in the flow so that you can make the most of it. I'm a writer, as Seth mentioned, I've written a couple of books. And if I write in my magic time, I can write 1500 words, which is like a, a, a chapter of a book. I can write 1500 words in 90 minutes, sometimes in 60 minutes. It just flows out of me, especially if I've done the preparation properly that I'm going to teach you in a second. Now, if I tried to write that 1500 words at three o'clock in the afternoon, which is not my magic time, it would literally take me four to six hours because my brain isn't functioning as well. So by taking the right activity and putting it in my magic time, I've tripled my productivity. And that's what I want for you. 
So the magic time is super, super helpful. And yes, if anybody can get a picture of Seth in a forest, uh, you know, singing his songs and, and doing his writing, maybe that's his secret. That'd be funny. So <laughs> definitely, we're, definitely. we're working on it. I'll, I'll, I'll get a photographer next. Okay. Next yes. Week. With your muse, like some type of Tinkerbell in the, in, right. in the forest. There you go. So okay. good. I'm glad that, uh, you know, Cedric is liking the magic time. Kathy likes it. Seth likes it. Awesome stuff. This is this, this little change. Like if, again, if we stop here, just by eliminating the bad and then leveraging the good time of day, you're, you're going to be more productive. You're going to write more songs. You're going to have more thoughts. You're going to get more done. It's going to be fantastic. But we're not going to stop there, of course. We're going to go to the third thing on here. So this is kind of sort of applicable. It's a lot more applicable when I'm speaking only to entrepreneurs. But the way that I want you to look at this, maybe I can customize this for you. First of all, I'll explain to you how I do this with entrepreneurs. So a little math exercise, this will be, this will be good. I'm not sure if songwriters are great at math or not, but um, if somebody makes $100,000 in a year, $100,000, a great amount of money, and they work 50 weeks in a year, they get two weeks of holidays, so they, work, so they make 100,000, they work 50 weeks, and they work an average of 40 hours per week. How much money do they make per hour? Type it in the chat. Type it in the chat. $100,000. They work 50 weeks. They work 40 hours per week. How much money do they make per hour? Now, I figured this out. Uh, there's a quick way to do it. <clears throat> and I figured that out when I was, um, I was a college kid and I was working at a factory in the summertime. And I learned that the factory workers were making $20 an hour. I was like, 20 bucks an hour? I'm making like nine bucks an hour here. Man, if I was making 20 bucks an hour, that's a lot of money. And it was back then. <clears throat> 20 bucks an hour, I thought, what do they make in a year? And so I thought, well, they probably work 40 hours a week and they get two weeks of holidays. So 40 hours by 50 weeks is 2,000. So 2,000 by 20 is 40,000, <clears throat> which means we can go the opposite. We can take 100,000 and divide it by 2,000, the number of hours they work in a year, and they get $50 an hour. So Cedric is right. Cedric is right. $50 an hour. Yes. Sorry, Denise. There will be. That's the only math question I have in this uh, Zoom session. <clears throat> the reason why I do that little exercise is because it allows you, like, if you're a full-time songwriter, okay, this is, this is where it gets a little murky for us because we're not on, all entrepreneurs and a lot of us, uh, you know, are doing this on the side sort of thing. But if you were a full-time songwriter and you were making $100,000 a year and you were getting paid to write songs, <clears throat> And every hour that you spent uh, writing songs, you would make more money. Well, you look at your time and what it's worth to you. And then, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they make money doing a certain thing, but then they also do stuff like editing their own videos and running to the UPS store and, um, you know, doing their own bookkeeping and stuff like that, which are way below their pay grade. And because they're doing all those other things, they don't have enough time to spend in the main activity that makes them money. So Cedric was mentioning before that he spends some of his magic time in menial tasks. And what I want you to do is just think about when you go through this magic, this uh, daily time journal is how much of your day is spent on menial tasks. And then you have to think, how can I either automate that, delegate that, or eliminate that? How can I do it in a much more efficient process so that I can spend more time writing my songs. For example, probably the best thing 
best example of this would be a lot of songwriters, you know, you, you make your songs and then you probably at some point, but a bunch of you have YouTube channels where you might record a video and then you edit the video before you put it up on your YouTube channel. Now, here's the thing. If you're editing your YouTube videos, first of all, that's not what you're great at. That takes away time from songwriting. It prevents you from writing more songs. And the interesting thing is, is that you can go and find people around the world. There's a website called Upwork.com. You can go to Upwork.com and you can find somebody in Eastern Europe who will take your rough and raw video, edit it for a few bucks. Now, if you're in the financial position where you could go, well, let's see, I can buy back an hour of my time. It takes me an hour to edit my own YouTube video. And I would much rather be spending that time writing songs. I go on Upwork.com. I find somebody who can edit my video for 10 bucks or 15 bucks. Or maybe, you know, you get somebody in some places do it for five bucks an hour. I pay somebody five bucks and I've just bought an hour of my time back. That's the type of thinking that I encourage a lot of entrepreneurs to do, but also songwriters to do. Because when you can buy back your time, then you have more time. You have made more time for what matters. Now, you might use that time to go and write another song. You might use that time to go and film more videos, or you might use that time for your health and fitness, or you might use that time for your relationship, or you might use that time with your kids. But buying time is something that you need to start thinking about as you get in more financial position immediately. Okay, as, as you earn more money at your job or as you earn more money as a songwriter, as you get some streaming, think about buying back your time because buying back your time is, you know, time is your precious commodity. You know, we're all gonna run out of, of time in our time bank. And so sometimes time is worth way more than money. So those are the three things. One, we've eliminated the negatives. Two, we've accentuated the positives. And three, we've given ourselves a cold reality check, harsh reality check on what our time is worth and how we can buy back more of our time. So that is what we want to do. First, the second thing that we want to do is we want to go to this next page and, and do not be intimidated by the amount of blue on this page. Instead, what I want you to focus on is the blank page here down at the bottom. Now, again, I usually work with entrepreneurs, groups of entrepreneurs who really control their schedule, who do not have um, a day job and then you know they're doing this on the side. But the, the, the practic for practical purposes, it still works. We wanna build your business around your life and not your life around your business. And what that means is, is we want to for, for you is that we want to make more time for songwriting in whatever way we possibly can so that you can get the most results. Now, it's a little bit different, um, but here's how we're going to do this. <clears throat> the first thing that I, I, what I want you to focus on here is how can we make more time for songwriting? How can we make more time for songwriting? Now, I want, I'm going to go about this one a little bit different than I normally do. What I normally do with entrepreneurs is I say, hey, listen, you're working too much and you're not spending enough time with your family and on your fitness. So put your workouts on the calendar first on this blank screen down below. Put your workouts on there. Put your family time, et cetera. But what I want you to do, what I want you songwriters to do is to think about the magic time, right? You thought about, okay, I know in the time of day I'm in the flow. Now, there's probably other times where you also are going to be songwriting. 
And I want you to put songwriting on the calendar first. You're going to build like your dream week. This may not be entirely possible yet, but maybe over time we can chip away and get to it. But think about all the time. You know, if you just looked at your week and instead of trying to fit your songwriting in around work and all your other hobbies and, and life, if you said, okay, songwriting is my number one priority, I'm going to put that on the calendar first. Where would that go? Where would that go? And of course, we got to be realistic here. It's not, you're not just going to put songwriting for 12 hours a day. But if you thought, okay, I'm really, really focused at 11 o'clock in the morning. I wish I could write songs every day at 11 o'clock in the morning for an hour, for two hours, whatever it is. Okay, that's my dream. Now, I work, maybe you work Monday to Friday in an office. All right, well, that, that might cancel them out, but maybe, again, you could shift your lunchtime so that you could at least get off the, you could have your lunchtime at 11.30 instead of 12. So now that opens up 30 minutes, 60 minutes for you to do songwriting, maybe once or twice a week. Plus, then you have Saturday and Sunday. You're going to set aside that time and you're not going to be going to the gym. You're not going to you're going to ask your family if you can. Hey, can I have this alone time? And you're going to make that time on Saturday and Sunday. And maybe then you also like, I really like to write songs at eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night for an hour or two or three. Now, I can't do that on Friday night. That's date night. Uh, I can't do that on Sunday night. I'm over at my mom's house for dinner. Um, and I can't do that on Monday because I'm usually so exhausted from the first day of work. Great. But you could do that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and maybe Saturday. So now you've put on this calendar, the first thing you put on this calendar before anything else is you put your songwriting time. And now maybe you're like you were getting two to three hours of songwriting time per week. And with this mental shift, you've now gotten six, nine, even 12 hours of songwriting time on here. That's going to be really, really helpful for you. Now, the other things that I want you to put on your calendar, as we look at that page up above, I want you to look at three lines that are on this calendar. Wake up, reverse alarm, and bedtime. So your wake up time, your, your bedtime, and then this thing called reverse alarm. Because I know that I would say 80 to 90% of people struggle to get out of bed. And I don't care what time you get out of bed. I don't care if you get up at 11 o'clock. I don't care if you get up at one o'clock in the afternoon. I don't care if you get up at seven o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter exactly what time you get up. What matters is if you say the night before, I'm getting up at nine o'clock in the morning tomorrow, and you don't get out of bed till 9.30 or 10 or 10.30, that's what I got a problem with. That's what I got a problem with. If you want to get up at nine o'clock in the morning, then you have to set yourself up for success the night before. So let's do this. Let's say that, yeah, you do want to get up at nine o'clock in the morning. In order to get up at nine o'clock in the morning, you have to be in bed by midnight. Okay, That's just the way it is for you. But you find yourself going to bed at one, one thirty, two o'clock in the morning sometimes. Well, here's the problem. You don't have a reverse alarm. The reverse alarm is a little alarm, you know, just an alarm on your phone that goes off an hour before bed, an hour before bed. So if you want to go to bed at midnight and you're not getting to sleep on time, you set the alarm to go off at 11 p.m. And then at 11 p.m., that tells you to shut down all your electronics. OK, so you shut down your iPhone or Android, you turn off Netflix, you turn off your television, you shut down your laptop, you get off all social media, right? Because 
it's always that last message that you check right before bed on social media that gets you all fired up and you like got to go and comment and you know get in a, a little uh, Facebook fight with somebody. So if we cut that stuff off an hour before bed, we have a better chance of getting to bed. Plus, all the electronics just stimulate us and get our mind racing. So an hour before bed, whatever time you want to go to bed, if you want to go to bed at 10 o'clock at night, then the reverse alarm goes off at nine o'clock. You want to go to bed at midnight, it goes off at 11 p.m. If you want to go to bed at 1 a.m., it goes off at midnight. And then you turn off all the electronics and you start winding down. So you might have a shower, you might, you know, if you go to bed early and you have kids, then you might, you know, chat with your kids for a bit. You might chat with your spouse for a bit or your partner, your relationship or whatever. You might read a book, you might do a meditation. You might just, you know, sing some of your favorite songs, whatever it is, no electronics, only old school activities, and you'll get to bed on time. You'll get to bed on time because I know that there's a lot of people listening to this right now that are struggling to get to bed or struggling to get out of bed on time. And when you get out of bed on time, it just, it's like when you get up in the morning and you get up on time, you hit the good domino and the rest of the day starts to go in the right direction. If you get up late, if you hit snooze, you're telling your hopes and dreams that they can wait, that they don't matter. And that just hits the bad domino and it knocks you down. Plus, when you hit snooze, you actually get back into really bad sleep. So you end up even more tired than if you had gotten up with your first alarm. So by having the reverse alarm at night, we have a better chance of getting up on time in the morning. We have a better chance of getting up on time in the morning. We have more self-confidence because another thing that you do is if you hit snooze in the morning, you've already broken a promise to yourself. And when you break promises to yourself, you hurt your self-confidence. So if you say to yourself, self, I'm getting up at nine o'clock in the morning tomorrow. And sure enough, you get up at nine o'clock in the morning, yourself goes, hey, I can really trust myself here. Now I'm more confident. And that's going to parlay into everything I do over the course of the day. It's going to make the day so much better. So that's why, you know, Again, it doesn't matter what time you want to get up. Making sure that you do get up on time is something that we have to do. And reverse alarm is great for kids. Um, and no electronics means no TV shows within an hour before bed, okay? And, and if you're really struggling to get to bed on time, this will be so helpful. All right. Uh, right. So then the next thing, the next line that I want you to focus on is the one that says 5 p.m. cutoff time in phone bed, cutoff time in phone bed. And this doesn't necessarily have to happen at five o'clock or six o'clock at night. But what this is, is how you prepare for tomorrow, how you prepare for tomorrow. So the way that another problem I see is that people get up in the morning with good intentions. You get up with good intentions and Maybe you want to journal some song ideas, or maybe you want to do some Bible study, or maybe you want to go to the gym, or maybe you want to sit down and write lyrics or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. But because you haven't prepared the night before, you wake up and you're kind of like, oh, what did I want to do today? Or maybe I'll make my to-do list now. But if you're making your to-do list in the morning, you're already too late. Research shows that you have the greatest discipline, willpower, and intention first thing in the morning. So whenever you get up in the morning, you have the greatest discipline, willpower, and intention. And then it's a funny thing. Your discipline and your willpower and intention get reduced. It's kind of like if you've ever exercised or if you ever ran for a long time, you get to a point where your muscles are out of usable energy. 
And it's the same with your discipline, willpower, and intention. You wake up in the morning, you got 100% discipline. And you know, you get in, you, you're driving to work and somebody cuts you off. You have to use up some of that 100% of discipline, not to, you know, honk at them and you know, get in a fight. And then you get to work and somebody at work does something stupid and you know, break gets you involved. And now you have to use your discipline not to, you know, raise your voice or whatever. So now you're down to like 50% of your discipline. And then you get home and somebody has left something out of the fridge and it's spoiled. And you're like, oh, now I got to use the rest of my discipline not to get mad. So by the time it comes to, to songwriting at night and you're like, I could either write songs or I could watch that just, I just 20 minutes of Netflix. And because you have no discipline, you watch 20 minutes of Netflix, which turns into 90 minutes of Netflix. And then you're like, I don't have time to write a song today. And that goes on for 67 days in a row. And you're like, I'm a failure. I don't want that to happen. So here's what you're going to do at some point after lunch every day is you're going to prepare properly for tomorrow. And the way that this works is three phases to it, three phases to it. Now, I don't care what time you do this. So let's say, like, let's say you have a nine to five job. You get up at uh, seven o'clock. You do a little bit of stuff for yourself. You get to work. You work all day. Um, and you like, I want to prepare for tomorrow. You could prepare at lunchtime. You could prepare right at five o'clock. You could prepare at three o'clock if you have a little coffee break. You could prepare right after dinner and, and go through these three phases. You just have to make sure you choose a time where you're going to be consistent. Because if you don't prepare tonight for tomorrow morning and for tomorrow the day, you're going to be frustrated. Things aren't going to go as well. So here are the three things you need to do every afternoon to prepare for tomorrow. Step number one is called a brain dump. Now, you're going to do this on a scrap piece of paper. You're just going to pull out the paper. You're going to take a minute or two, and you're going to write down all the things that are jumbled up in your head. right? Because everybody's walking around in this world with all these ideas in their head. And it's like, as if I opened up your cranium and I poured in a 10,000 piece jigsaw puzzle, um, and then I just shut it and I said, all right, now all that crap is jumbled up in your head and you're gonna be all stressed out. By doing the brain dump, it's like getting those 10,000 pieces and spreading them out over the table. Now it doesn't put them together, but you sure feel a lot better with the 10,000 pieces out there than you did in your head. And that's what a brain dump is. So you might write down, oh, I got to pick up my kids at school. I got to get milk. Um, I really want to write the chorus to that song. Uh, I want to spend 30 minutes practicing guitar. I want to uh, get a power walk in. Um, I have to do that thing for work. I have to call that person at work. Um, I have to call my mom about X, Y, Z. And I have to do this. Um, and I have to go to the bank. And oh, good. Now you've got it all out. It's so much better out than up here. Because if you keep everything in your head, your anxiety engine revs and your mind races and your wheels spin. And so if you have trouble falling asleep at night, it's because your brain is full of all these things bouncing around, pinballing around in there. You got to get them out on paper. Now that you've got them out on paper, that's step number one. Step number two is a priority to-do list. You've written down 18 things. Tomorrow, only one of them can be number one. In the list of 18, something has to be number one. And if you really want to make it as a songwriter, that number one thing should be one of your songwriting pieces. 
So you go to, you go to your priority to-do list. I need to write that course. Second thing, I absolutely have to spend 30 minutes practicing guitar. And the third, if I want to keep my job, I got to finish this important project. Great. We know what your top three things are for tomorrow. Most people who are good get there, but they stop. And it's like 80% effective. But if you really want to go to the next level, the last thing you have to do is a little bit of what I call process planning. There's a book by a couple of guys named Chip and Dan Heath, and it's called Switch. And this book is about habit change. And what they found is when anybody wants to make a habit change, whether it's taking up exercise or writing songs for 30 minutes a day or um, reading for 20 minutes a day, is it's one thing for somebody to say, this is a new habit I want to do. But if they don't make the path to success smooth by eliminating obstacles and making the path smooth, it's going to be very difficult. So the example I always use is that when somebody who's not a big fan of exercise says, I want to take up exercising, and they're going to do it first thing in the morning, and they wake up tomorrow morning with no idea of what to do for exercise, and they don't know what to wear, they're not going to do it. They're going to stay in bed. But if somebody prints out their little workout sheet, and then they put their exercise clothes beside the bed, as Mary Poppins says, half begun is half done, right? It's so much easier. Okay, I got clothes. I got workout. All right, I'll get up. At least I know what I'm doing. And it's the same thing with our to-do list. We go back. Number one priority. I want to write that chorus. So wherever you write music in the house, you make sure the night before that you have put your pen and paper, your journal, your guitar or keyboard or whatever it is. You make sure that that place is set up so that you can get up and smoothly go into it as quickly as possible. Because if there's any obstacles in the way, if there are any distractions, you're going to get off on them. You know, you should have an alarm that's not connected to your phone, or you should have your phone in airplane mode and not take your phone out of airplane mode until you have written the chorus. And when you do that, when you set yourself up, it's Chip and Dan Heath, Heath, H-E-A-T-H. Um, they were in a bunch of books. And when you do that, when you make your path to success really smooth, as Carolyn says, she's been doing it and it really, really works. I know this because, again, I'm a writer. I want to write chapter two for my book tomorrow. But when I stopped there, when I said, okay, number one priority is chapter two for my book. And then I went to bed. And then I woke up the next morning and I opened up my computer as my computer is open right now. And, and I looked at a blank Word document. I decided to do anything like I would procrastinate with anything, you know, like I would go around, you know, I'd check out other websites. I'd even clean the house. And I don't like to clean the house. Like I don't even know how to turn a broom on. And so, but I would be doing that because I wasn't properly prepared to write chapter two. So I discovered what I need to do is write down a couple of bullet points. Just like if you want to, if you want to write a chorus, maybe write a couple of words or a feeling and say, okay, write the chorus about this. And I would write down three to five bullet points. And instead of writing 1500 words on a blank piece of paper, you know, writer's block would come up if I tried to do that. Instead, I had like, okay, you want to describe this, 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 and this. Okay, great. I can write 300 words on each one of those prompts. It's a whole lot easier. And I was more successful. So I call it process planning, process planning. So one brain dump, two priority to-do list, three process planning. And when you do those three things, the night before, the day before, 
the afternoon before. The next day, whether you whether you go and you take action on this first thing in the morning or whether you do it during the magic time, it's so much easier to make progress. So whenever I talk to Seth every week in his accountability updates, Seth, you know, he's like, I've got these writing sessions planned. And I would imagine like, okay, so this guy's coming into town. It's two o'clock from two to four. We're going to write a song. And I'm always amazed that like it, it's not a factory, but it's got a factory feel to it in that, Hey, it's two. It's, it just happens. The only time you have available is two to four on a Thursday. And we have to write a song in that time. Now we're going to come with ideas and all that sort of stuff, but it's not like, Hey man, whenever you're like totally feeling creative and I'm totally feeling creative, let's like meet in the studio and we'll write a hit song. We don't, we don't, we can't, we can't operate on that. We have to operate on, Hey, listen, I got two till four. Yeah. I got two before. All right. I'll see you there. Bring some ideas and we're going to write songs like professionals. And they go in there and they have the space set up and the space is set up for, uh, to be conducive to writing songs. And so if, you know, if you don't want to be lulled into that romantic idea of, um, oh, I'm just going to wait until the song idea hits me. That's not how it works. Stephen King, I've read a lot of Stephen King books and he's written 60 bestsellers. And he writes every single morning from 9 a.m. until he's done 2,000 words. 9 a.m. until he's done 2,000 words. And he writes in this dinky little attic in his house in, I think he lives in Maine. And, and he has to get the 2,000 words done before he's allowed to go and listen to Boston Red Sox games. You know, they play most of their games in the afternoon. And so here's a guy who writes horror books, and he does it as if he has a factory job but he's a professional and that's what you have to do. So you might be thinking, wow, this is pretty rigid structure and all this sort of stuff. I don't, you know, as an artist, I don't really vibe with this. Well, you know what? Um, the world doesn't necessarily care uh, because you've got a limited amount of time and we need to make the process smoother, but we can't just, you know, be relying on the creative whimsy in order to get this done. So those are the most important things that I wanted you to think about on this page here. And, and now I just want to take a quick break and open it up to, to questions. If anybody had a question, I think I covered most of them. Uh, and I'm glad people are resonating with quite a few things. Um, I did have a private question here. It says, uh, I've been mixing and editing music. Haven't landed a gig there. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure I can answer that uh, private question. Um, it's about gigs and stuff like that. I think that's a little outside of my zone of genius here. But uh, do you have times to just let your brain veg? Cedric, that's a great question. That is a really great question. And one of the things that I encourage everybody to do is to spend at least an hour, an hour a week, if not more, walking in nature. So I'm a big believer that your brain does its best problem solving and creative thinking outside of your regular workspace. So outside of your regular writing space, um, if you have a job that requires creative thinking, I would bet that you, if you did a walk every day, you would solve the problems that your job requires better than if you were just sitting at your computer trying to solve the problem. 
So I encourage people to definitely get some time where you just let, you know, no inputs, just let your brain connect the dots. Just let your brain take all that information that's been fed from, from catchy songs to, you know, what you learned from Seth and the team and just go for a walk. And sometimes you can have an agenda where it's like, I'd really like, you know, brain, I'd really like you to start thinking about some, some hooks for songs, but just go for the walk in nature. And, and I highly encourage you to have something like that. I also think that um, a lot of us over schedule our days. So having buffer times during our days, you know, so if somebody was a full-time musician, you know, if you just sat there and you did songwriting from, you know, 9am to 5pm, and you only took a break to get bathroom breaks and a lunch break, that's not going to work, right? You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be fatigued. You're not going to be productive. So it'd be like, you know, you're good for 50 minutes, then take a 10 minute break, give yourself a buffer and stuff like that. So everybody's schedule will be different, but definitely give your brain a little time to decompress. Uh, Fulvia says, when you have something in halt, for example, when you're angry, but you can't find a resolution, what do you do? I think one of the biggest things um, is to, when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you need, you're kind of in this loop of um, behavior and you need to circumvent that. You need like a circuit breaker in there. So a lot of people in my world, like speakers, they have an anchor song or they have, you know, a quote, or they have a YouTube motivational video that you know, they just watch it when, before they go on stage, they, they, you know, put the earphones in, they listen to the song and then they, you know, they're pumped up and they go out. And it's the same sort of thing for when entrepreneurs have to go from, you know, a really busy, crazy, hectic day. And they have to, you know, they have a five minute drive home and then they have to be like super mom or super dad. So I encourage them to listen to an anchor song in between. So I would, you know, for, for different moods or all moods, I would look to like a song that can be like the circuit breaker in your mood, or it might be a circuit breaker of journaling, or it might be a circuit breaker of breathing exercises. But that was something that I, that, you know, you can use for any time you're in that hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you know, breathing, meditation, guided meditation, they can really shift your state. Kristen says, do you have any tips for getting back into workflow when you have interruptions you can't control? Well, first of all, I mean, that is a great question. The second thing, it's kind of similar to what I said to Fulvia there is having that anchor. Um, for me, I have earphones in right now. I have earphones in all the time. And, and sometimes I don't even have any music on. And so having earphones in for me is an anchor state to get focused again. And I know people that wear hats that get them into focus. Some people have workout fits. Some people, um, you know, as long as I'm in a certain area, I can go back into focus and, and that is um, not a crutch, but it's an aid in helping somebody become more professional. Because at the end of the day, getting interrupted by your kids isn't much different than a heckler at a concert or a comedy show or at a sporting event, right? So, you know, like, imagine, imagine LeBron James. You know, most people know who LeBron James is. And... You know, there's a lot of people who don't like him and they're yelling and screaming and he he's at the free throw line. Now, if he misses, nobody says, oh, well, it's OK. People were yelling at him. He's a professional. He has to make that shot. And so if we look at ourselves as professionals, you know, if, if you know, 
the dog's puking over in the corner. All right, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go clean up the dog puke. And then I come back here and I'm going to get back into it because I'm a professional and that's what a professional does. So some of the anchor stuff will help you get there. But, but over time, you just have to work your, your brain up to understanding that you are a professional and a professional um, deals with a distraction, addresses it, uh, but then gets back on track as quickly as possible. Um, Denise says she has insomnia and that's in creative time. Uh, I hope that it's not uh, detrimental to you. Um, I, I don't know why, why particularly it would be, uh, fortunately I haven't had to deal with it, but I'm glad that you're making good use of that time for sure. And then Vicky says, I go to nature all the time to get my creative juices flowing. I sit there and close her eyes and let the negativity flow out. That's powerful stuff. I mean, I love being in nature. I love being around water. Um, both of those things are very calming and, and certainly allow you to be creative because your brain works differently when you're in that environment, much like, uh, I'm sure everybody here has had a good idea in the shower and it's because you're, you know, you're letting your brain connect the dots while you're away from a regular environment and your brain works different there. And as long as you remember that great idea that you had in the shower, then, uh, you will be all set. So that's the same sort of thing we want to have when we're out in nature, take a little notepad, Jot stuff down, and you'll be good to go. All right, I'm uh, I'm out of time, Seth, and uh, that was everything that I wanted to cover there. It was, yeah. it was fun. So good, man. Well, how many of y'all learned something you didn't know before you woke up this morning? I know I sure did. Lots of hands out there. This was awesome. If you guys are watching on the replay, make sure to uh, post some comments down below. Craig, uh, Craig, if people want to connect with you get access to your materials, maybe get access to the workbook, the perfect yep. day formula, the perfect week formula. Um, where do you want to send people? Do you want people to check out your podcast, your website? I'm very active on Instagram. So everybody can hit me up on Instagram at real Craig Valentine would be the best place to hit me up there. Uh, just shoot me a message anytime. Um, I'll be able to send, you know, links to my books and all that sort of stuff. So there I am on the IG. And, and I'll send you my eBooks and my audio books for free, you know, no opt-in required. I just, I just want to get those books in the hands of as many people as possible. So hit me up there gang and I'll share it with you for sure. Highly recommend you guys do that. Go follow him right now. Shoot, shoot him a DM. He's very active. It actually is him running it. And um, yeah, very responsive and very helpful for a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs and people doing big things. So Craig, thank you so much again. Appreciate you making time for us today. Awesome. Thanks, Seth. Miss you, dude. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll get back in, in, in the room at some point, hopefully in the not too distant future. Absolutely. And you can tell everybody about how great I am as a, as a singer that I recorded that song at your... I will. Yes. We actually, little known fact, we have a version of Craig doing a Bon Jovi song here in the studio. So you, you have to, uh, you'll, you're going to have to release it at some point. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. And thank you guys for showing up. And if you're on the replay again, post, post in the, uh, the, the comments below again, everybody check out Craig on Instagram, go follow him, shoot him a DM and we'll see y'all later. Thanks for listening to this episode of the made it in music podcast. In addition to this episode, we also recorded a Q and a session where some of the songwriters in our song chasers community were able to ask their own questions. We'll release that episode shortly after this one. Make sure to check out some of the other episodes of the Made It in Music podcast as well. We have well over 100 interviews with some of the top music industry professionals, many here in Nashville. 
and many from all over the world. Subscribe to make sure that you automatically get future episodes and leave us a review if you loved it. It would really help us out. Or send an email to support at fullcirclemusic.com if you have any ideas for how we can improve the show. If you'd like to become a Song Chasers member and attend these training sessions live, head over to joinsongchasers.com to learn more. You also get additional exclusive trainings from me. You get our TrackSuite Pro software. You get song reviews from me and my team. And you get access to a custom social media network we created exclusively for songwriters and musicians. There's nothing else like it on the internet. Go to joinsongchasers.com to learn how to join and check out madeitinmusic.com for more content and episodes from this podcast. See you in the next episode.